Welcome to the Hockey Writers Prospect Corner, a show with our top prospects writing crew, bringing you the latest news, analysis, scouting reports, mocks, rankings, and much more. From the world juniors to the NHL draft floor, from the farm to the NHL, our team covers everything that happens in the world of prospects. So sit back, grab a notebook, and get ready for Prospect Corner. Prospect Corner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Prospect Corner presented by the Hockey Writers. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the latest update of the Hockey Writers ranking of the top 10 goaltending prospects in the NHL, uh, a piece that we update twice a year. I'm your host, Logan Horn, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow prospect analysts, Matthew Zator and Peter Barracchini. How are you doing, Matt? Doing good. Go over the list that I created, so uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. And we've got rookie tournaments are well underway now. Preseason yeah. just around the corner. I am excited. Absolutely. Uh, did you enjoy the, uh, I know it's not even, it's like NHL regular season and then NHL preseason and then like prospect tournaments. <laughs> but did you enjoy watching the Canucks just, just destroy the flames the other night? I bet that was I, a good, a good feeling. I always like it. It doesn't matter what it is, what game, if it's preseason, if it's a rookie. There's tournament. a Canucks jersey on the ice. <laughs> yeah. And they can destroy the flames. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah yeah it was a that was a wild one uh good yeah it's it's all coming together pretty quickly actually um lots of training camps are starting in this next week just a few days from recording here and then shortly after that it's regular or preseason regular season like you said it's it it is in motion now we can't stop it it's just going to gain momentum until like i don't know january when everyone checks <laughs> out for a little bit um i'm excited too though uh glad to hear you're excited peter how are you doing today Doing good. Yeah, we did the 100 prospects last week, and now we're getting into the goalies because apparently everyone still gets angry that goalies are not included in that list. But even (laughs) though we specifically tell them, you know, we split it up. But you know what? I'm glad to be chatting about the goalies this time, uh, putting them in the spotlight. And yeah, the rookie tournaments have just been absolutely phenomenal. And shout out to Adam Fantilli and Connor Bedard, hat tricks in their games back to back. So yeah. Yeah, they're dueling. It's going yeah, it to it's, it's be them for the rookie of the year. It, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, definitely could be. I mean, shades of that uh, that dueling hat tricks, Crosby and Ovechkin game. They weren't in the same game, which would have been even more entertaining. But, you know, kind of kind of reminded me real. of that a little bit. You got yeah. these two guys that have zero rivalry against each other, but everyone is like pitting them together, <laughs> even though they're probably too polite to to actually be mean to each other except on the ice actually both of them would probably be pretty mean but uh yeah lots of fun watching them just light it up Connor Bernard's wrist shot is still insane Adam Fantilli's puck skills are still insane going through like three Detroit defenders and then just roofing the puck Connor they're, David they're fine right don't there. don't uh, worry about them they don't need yeah. to play anymore they don't need to do anything <laughs> just don't worry about it they'll be fine the kids are fine um I mean, I, I can't wait to see them in actual action in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to the uh, goalies list. As you mentioned, Peter, we don't have the goalies in the top 100, which we mentioned last week. Um, we kind of just feel that goalies are so different as prospects. It's worth evaluating them separately. Um, it's really difficult. It's difficult enough to um, 
to evaluate defensemen and forwards against each other, and then centers versus wingers within forwards. So just keeping goalies separate and focusing on them in a different spot is something we like to do. So Matt, you're the one working on this piece these days. So I want to give you a quick chance to just kind of explain your thoughts on on your process, on how you evaluated players, anything like that. What are your, what what went into making this piece for you? Yeah, I took it over from Greg Boysen, who uh, who left the Hockey Writers, is now at, with CHGO. But uh, he, yeah, he created this list at first, but it's changed quite a bit since I took over it. Um, mm. Lots of good goalies have come in, and uh, and you know some of them have stayed on the list over the last two seasons that have done it. But uh, basically, what I looked at is what their higher potential, what their ceiling is as a starter in the NHL, and how far along they are to getting to that point. So um, mm-hmm. if they're higher on the list, I'm, I'm saying, okay, they are, they are going to be a high end starter or an NHL starter, maybe not an elite like uh, Patrick Waugh or type type. I'm not saying that, but, uh, but like a, a legitimate NHL starter that's able to start to be a guy that you can count on as being um, a one, a either a one or a one, a, um, in a tandem mm-hmm. because it seems like the NHL is going to that point where you need two goalies throughout the season. You can't have a Broder playing 70 plus anymore. <laughs> you have to have, you have to have balance. So um, that's basically what I kind mm-hmm. of went with is that, you know, your high end potential and then how close they are to maybe getting to that point. So if, like I say, if you're higher on the list, then that's what I'm thinking is that you're, they're going to be a starter and that there are, getting there to being a point that they could be that. So that's how I kind of went mm-hmm. into it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such a unique uh, position to, to track and just to, to watch the development because you get like a, a super high end, maybe not elite, but a really high end like forward prospect. And the expectation is that they're in the NHL within maybe two years at most. Um, but you get high-end goalie prospects like Jesper Wallstedt, Sebastian Kosa, someone someone like those who are really highly thought of, um, but they're not expected to be in the NHL for at least like maybe four years post-draft. That would even be quick in a lot of situations. Um, lots of North American goalies will spend more time in junior or in the NCAA and then multiple years in a development pro league like at the AHL. And then get to the NHL. Like it's it's a process. It mm-hmm. takes a while. So, um, I, I I agree with you that it's good to evaluate them on the the potential, but also their progress because it that is a long spectrum. And being close to the NHL um, compared to someone else, we'll we'll get to some of these people on this mm-hmm. list who are have the potential but are a little earlier in their progress. Um, you've got to find the balance between those two. Um, because just because you're closer to the NHL doesn't mean you are going to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to get into this. We'll get started here with 10th on your list, where we have Drew Camesso, uh, property of the Chicago Blackhawks, or I guess I should say the Rockford Ice Hogs. And I, I don't have to say that, but I want to because it is <laughs> one of the best professional hockey names in the world. Like genuinely, it's hilarious to me. Uh, imagine someone asking you what you do for a living and you're like, I play for the Rockford Ice Hogs. <laughs> great. It's great. Honestly, like I'm not even ironically making fun of them. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, so, uh, Matt, I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on Drew Camesso? He just finished up in the NCAA, it seems, and he's he's going pro. What do you think here? 
Yeah, Camesso is one of those guys that uh, he was on my list this past one before I updated it. He dropped a little, but that's because a couple guys were added uh, to the list. Mm-hmm. So um, he's 21 years old. Like you said, he's, he's just going to turn pro this season going with the Ice Hogs. And, um, you know, with the goaltending that the Chicago Blackhawks have right now, I mean, uh, Soderblom is probably going to be their starter, um, you know, for sure in tandem with Mrazek this season, but Camesso's mm-hmm. going to be knocking on the door. I don't know if he's going to play any games this season, but he will definitely be the starter uh, in Rockford. And, you know, he seems to be ready to go at that point. He's, he's played all he can, obviously, in the NCAA, uh, played the last three seasons with Boston University, and that uh, had some pretty solid numbers at 2.46 goals against average, 9.13 save percentage. Um Second round pick in the Blackhawks. So he's not like he wasn't drafted really low. So, uh, you know, good size, six foot two. So he's definitely got the stature of an NHL goaltender. Uh, we'll see how he does in his first pro pro um, experience. But uh, looks like he's going to be a pretty good uh, NHL goaltender. It's just you don't know until he starts face- facing NHL type shooters. And in the mm-hmm. AHL, you do get that. Um, not at the high end Ovechkin type guys shooting on you, but. Uh, you got guys that have played in the NHL. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts because college hockey is way different from AHL hockey because you're playing a lot, a lot more. And uh, it seems like, like I know Thatcher Demko had a, had, and not just him, but a lot of NCAA goaltenders have had an adjustment period going from college to that Mm -hmm. um, league. So we'll see how he does in his first season. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's kind of the the poster child for the development track of most um, like high end American goaltenders right now, where he he played for the NTDP and was really strong, went to college, really strong for multiple years, got some education, got a lot of a lot of reps in, um, and then now he's moving on to the AHL. And like you said, it is a significant jump from college to the AHL, but I would argue. And you can kind of see it throughout the rest of this list because there's very few uh, examples of it that it's less of a jump. I don't think you guys are going to fight me on this. Less of a jump mm-hmm. than going from like the CHL mm-hmm. Canadian Junior to the AHL. It's mm-hmm. definitely a little, a little closer. It's a, it's a little more competitive. I mean, the players are older and bigger in college than in junior. You're not going to find a 17 year old. Well, you might find a couple if you're <laughs> if you're lucky and it's early in the fall, but um. Uh, it's a tougher league for sure than the CHL. So it helps a little. Um, I, I, I've been a fan of Camesso. I, I like his, his progress so far, but Peter, I'll give you a chance here. Any thoughts on, on Drew Camesso and his, his progress towards the Blackhawks? Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before he starts knocking on the door, earning like consistent NHL minutes. Obviously, he like when the collegiate season ended last year, he didn't really play any games, zero. Uh, but this is going to be the year where he has that chance to shine and be that goaltender for the future that the Blackhawks have so much high hopes for him because he does have good athleticism. He has good movement. He's aggressive and challenging shooters, but his movement from side to side, he's quick, he's agile. And that's what they need right now because, I mean, based on experience, Peter Morazic doesn't really have that, you know, stop and go mentality. Um, Drew Comesso does. So that's going to be a big addition and big boost for the Hawks in the in their crease for the future. And, yeah, I mean, they do have other names, too. But Comesso is the top of that list for that reason because they have he has so much high hopes for this team. Um, 
you know, the re- the records uh, throughout his collegiate year, the numbers speak for itself. And like you said, it is easier to go from college because you're still around that 20, like early 20 age range going into a senior adult league where this is more like kind of up to speed with everything when where you are at that age. So, you know what? I do think he's going to have a good season. And depending on how well he does, he possibly could earn a call up. It's not, you know, out of the question. It just see it's just how well does he perform? Yeah, absolutely. And also, this is the Chicago Blackhawks we're talking about. You saw their roster last year, right? Like, if mm-hmm. if someone in, in net for Chicago gets hurt, would not be surprised to see Camesso come up, yeah. give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes that works for players. Sometimes you get a, a Michael DiPietro situation where, where the Sharks hang eight goals on him or whatever that was a few years back. Um, and, and you know, they're not quite ready and, you know, you need to give them that time from now on. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested in Camesso. I, I think it's fun that he's kind of, I'm assuming some connections or, um, impressions he established in his time with the NTDP was a part of it, but he, uh, he's got like the inside track on team USA. It seems like he played for them at the Olympics a couple years back when they had a mostly collegiate team, basically, yeah. Um, and I think he got a little bit of time there, not much. Um, and then same at the last world championships this summer, he played for the USA. He didn't get much time there either. Cause he was playing behind Cal Peterson and, uh, Casey to Smith, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to get that opportunity is pretty cool. Some good experience for him around a lot of, a lot of good pro players. Uh, really cool. So we're fans of Drew Comesso, and that's just number 10. So let's keep moving. Um, and also, you don't nine. want to rush yeah. him too much because it is probably sure. going to be another down year. You don't want to put him into a losing environment, but you do want to give him, you yeah. know, the experience as well at the NHL. So the Hawks have to try and balance that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a balance for teams that are kind of at rock bottom and trying to build up from it is trying to build the camaraderie of the young core um, without destroying all their morale so we'll see how they balance that it should be a fun year um they went from being like an absolutely horrendous team last year to being an absolutely horrendous team that is a lot more fun to watch this coming season. <laughs> yeah. so so that's a positive in my eyes that's a good one um okay so we're gonna move on to number nine and peter i'll come to you first on this one we've got arthur Zilovs, the vancouver canucks prospect who I think we've had a bit of a chance to talk about this summer but i'm happy to do some more <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we were all surprised how this prospect just came out of nowhere. Obviously, Matt has a little bit of an inside track because he's closer to the team and everything out west. But, you know, for someone like me, that's like it was a little bit late to watch those kind of games, seeing him at that World Hockey Championship and even a little bit last season when he made mm-hmm. that jump to the NHL at times. Um yeah, he was very he was very impressive. And especially at that world championship, he basically just took off. Um, I believe it was like what Canada was out playing and demolishing Latvia at that point, and then they pull their starter, and then Seals goes in and he just absolutely takes over, knocking down like top teams, winning a bronze medal, and being that factor for them on that run. And for the mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks, if you're looking to try and find that stability in net, um you know, this is a guy that could be a player that could challenge Thatcher Demko or if, you know, depending what happens with him, if he moves on, you at least have somebody that can take over the reins because he's got the confidence. He's got the experience behind him and the numbers show for mm-hmm. that himself too. Um, You know, both at the AHL level at that tournament, although that tournament may have been a small sample, you have more to go off because mm-hmm. 
of what he did in North America. And that's a big bonus for him right there. So I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Um, You know, Matt, I think you mentioned that it's probably better to start him off in the AHL. I totally agree. But then again, call-ups happen, injuries happen. He definitely has a chance and he's definitely on the radar. Yeah, absolutely. And I will also say, I think team Latvia is probably better, was probably better defensively than the Abbotsford Canucks by a, a good margin last yeah. year. <laughs> uh, that's just me. But uh, Matt, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. I know you're a big, big sea loves guy. So what do you think about him here? Yeah, he's uh well, he debuts on this list. Uh, he wasn't on my list last time, but uh, this season, he definitely uh, pushed his way on. I, mm-hmm. yeah, he, I, I love Silovs. I mean, I love Demko, so I'm not I'm not saying that he should be the starter yet. I mean, he's not ready, obviously, but um, you know, having a tandem of Demko and Silovs that uh, you know, just using him as a one A one B in the future, I really like that prospect of that happening because, uh, like I said, the teams need two goaltenders. I mean, you can't have just one and then a really mm-hmm. bad backup that you play like five times a year. Like you just can't do it. You need a guy that you can be confident in to play at least to start at least 25 um, to 30. I mean, games a season. I mean, you don't really want mm-hmm. uh, to overload your starter, especially if you want to be a playoff team and you don't want your starter to be um, tired. And I even think that even the playoffs, you should be using two goaltenders, but that's a different discussion. I mm-hmm. yeah, I love Seelovs. I, I, he's got all the, um, attributes of being an NHL goaltender like he's got the size he's got um, six foot four uh, around the same size I believe as Demko so I mean it's and then you had the other guy who was the top goaltending prospect spot prospect and Pietro, and he was you know, the other end of the spectrum he was yeah. undersized so I mean I'm excited to see him in the AHL this season I think he he definitely should be there to start unless he really outperformed Spencer Martin in preseason and, and early on. And they think that he's better off being the backup, but I think he should just have another full season in the AHL, hone his skills, and then uh, potentially be the full-time backup next season. So I'm, I'm excited to see his next level of development uh, coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've mentioned on the show before, but um, I think they'll do it. But what I think would be, best for Silovs is for the Canucks to do what the Hurricanes did last year with Fyodor Kachetkov, mm-hmm. where he starts in the AHL so that he gets lots of games because he's still young. Silovs is 22 still, I believe. Um, gets lots of games, gets lots of starts. Um, and then uh, when the Canucks are at home, which is just like an hour down the highway, basically, um, and they have a back-to-back, he is the second starter. He jumps in front of Spencer Martin, the backup. And maybe if if Demko goes down with an injury, he jumps up to be the starter. It's this mm-hmm. weird situation where he's okay. above the backup, but he doesn't necessarily play as many NHL games <laughs> as the backup, just to make sure he gets games in. Because um, getting lots of reps at this age is really important for, for young goalies. But regardless, he definitely really just like grabbed a lot of attention after the World Championships this year. And I hope he can keep it going, because he was really fun to watch, just dominant at that tournament. Uh, all right, we'll move up to number eight now. And Matt, I'll start you off here. We've got Joel Hofer with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, here's here's a guy that's going to be the backup uh, in St. Louis uh, behind Bennington and could potentially pull Billy Huso and uh, take over as the starter uh, this season because 
Bennington's kind of on that regression. He's he's got that massive contract, but he's mm-hmm. I think there's a point where a guy's going to take over. Uh, a young guy's going to take take that starting role. But um, Hoffer played really well in the AHL. I think he's done all he can in that league. I don't think he's going to be playing there this season unless something really bad happens and uh, you know they feel that he's not ready to be even a backup. But I think he's proven that he can. Uh, has taken a long journey. He's 23 years old, but a long way from the Western Hockey League when he was there. He's played in the AHL a number of seasons with three different AHL teams, uh, the Rampage, the Comets, and the Thunderbirds this past season. Wow. So he's he's a guy that's ready. I think he's ready for the NHL. He's got, again, all these guys have massive size on their, on their six foot five. Uh, Hoffer is. So um, as much as everyone says, like, well, maybe size doesn't matter as much. I think goaltending, it does matter. I, you know, six foot, it's funny how six foot you say that's short for a goaltender. I mean, is it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe at this point, I mean, there's no Manny legacy in the NHL anymore. I mean, UC Soros, I believe, is still the shortest goaltender as a starter. So, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Devin Levi, as we talk about later, he's a little, he's around that six foot as, as well. So there are only a, you. I mean, it's you need size, and Hoffer definitely has it. I think, like I say, I think he's ready for the NHL. We'll see how many games he plays this season, but uh, definitely has has that potential. And he even showed it last season. He did have a few games um, and looked pretty good in them. In the two games he played in 2021, 21, 22, and then six last season. So we'll see how he does. Yeah, absolutely. It does feel like he's he's at least very close to being the the full-time backup there. Um, Thomas Grice retired, I believe. And yeah. So they don't have him on him on the, the cap sheet anymore. They don't have anyone else to worry about. Um, feels like it's, it's his spot to lose at the backup there. Uh, Peter, do you have, do you have anything to add here with Joel Hofer? It just seems like a long time ago when he overtook Nico Dawes as a starter for team <laughs> Canada at that yeah. the 2019 20 or 2020 uh world junior championship um and he looked fantastic there um coming in tough situation where you know goaltending was always a question mark and he provided this uh you know steady presence that the team needed and you know look for him to do the same thing with the st louis blues um last season low like as matt mentioned he's gotten that experience last season he was three one and one 905 save percentage and you know, in the AHL, he's progressively gotten better. And you saw that steady progression every single time, every single season, you know, uh, in 2021, 898 state percentage that went up to 905 in 21, 22, then 921 last season. So I expect him to be a big factor for the St. Louis Blues. And I think it's only a matter of time because, you know, you you don't know what to expect with Bennington at this point. There are games where he is on point, but there are times where, you know, he's not as consistent. He's trying to, you know, get into the face of the opponent way too much. And, you know, if someone sneezes the wrong way in front of him, he's going to go <laughs> after them. And you don't want that from a goalie. You want him to do the job properly. And if he's going to be, you know, worrying about other things that he can't control, you can't have that in the goaltender. You need a steady, calm presence. I think Holfer is going to be more for that for the Blues. And yeah, you know what? Somebody gets up in his grill. Yeah, you up in his grill. You just you know give him a shove back or whatever. But at the same time, hmm. can't do that consistently. But I think Holfer is going to be that guy for them in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I think that's a a great point. I feel like like Bennington's whole personality was. <laughs> 
fun like during their his first year and that playoff run and it was just kind of cool and fun to see something different but it's gotten a little tired pretty quick here so Mm -hmm. uh i i think there are even some people in st louis who are probably a little bit ready for something else just with how how shaky bennington's been of late but uh, who knows maybe having some competition again like like billy huso was a couple years ago will will light that fire under both goalies hopefully that helps them out uh we'll move to number seven now who is a, a really fun name, actually. I was excited to see him on here. Matt, I'll, I'll come to you first. Lucas Dostal. Oh, Anaheim Ducks, I should mention. Yeah, and he's, yeah. again, here's another guy that's going to probably, I don't know, like now that they've signed, uh, I believe it was, who did they sign? They signed another guy for their backup and Dostal may actually, Oh, Alex Stalock, right? Yeah, Stalock. Mm-hmm. Stalock, they signed him. Uh, so it's looking like he, he will start the, start the year in the AHL. Which is not horrible. I mean, he he did play quite a bit last season, and I believe the previous season as well. Where, you know, on a bad team, his numbers did not look good. That's because he was on a bad team, and I believe they gave up the mm-hmm. worst, like the most high danger chances, and it's insane how many chances they gave up and their goaltenders had to deal with. So, I mean, it wasn't the best for his, I think, playing in the NHL. So, I think he'd probably be better off playing. Again, because I think, I mean, Anaheim Ducks may be better defensively this season because they did sign a few guys. Um, but overall, I think you're probably better off just like Silovs playing the AHL uh, this season. But got a lot of potential. He's he looked really good even in those games where he was given up. They were given up a ton of chances. So I mean, his numbers mm-hmm. don't look the best, but they don't look really bad. That you're like two point <laughs> six. Uh, well, that's an AHL, but. Um, you know, his numbers didn't look horrible for a team that gives him so many chances. So uh, bad. But, yeah. you know, in the AHL, he's, he's been really good. Um, you know, his numbers, again, don't look really good. Like, for you, like, oh, yeah, that's so massive. That's so great. But, you know, this past season, he had uh, – trying to look at these numbers here if I'm reading these right. Uh, but 21-22, it had this really good season. 2.60916 save percentage. He also scored a goal, which was pretty crazy. I love that. Uh scored a goal in the AHL. And uh this past season played 34 games uh, and then got into 19 NHL games. AHL All-Star, mm-hmm. uh, really quick, very good athleticism. Um, could potentially usurp Gibson. Who knows? Maybe even this season, uh, because there's talk that Gibson may be traded. So we'll see mm-hmm. uh how much he plays. Uh, at the big league level, but definitely has the potential to be a starter in the NHL. Yeah, totally. Dostal had such a strange year. Like you look at his, his stats over his career and it's like, Ooh, super exciting. Like this guy's going to be amazing. And then this year was just such a weird one because his, his numbers, like his, his wins, well, not his wins, his save percentage, his goals against like, look, okay. And then you look at his, his record and it's atrocious in both Mm -hmm. leagues which tells me personally that he's on horrible teams and he's playing much better than it looks. Um, because like you said, um, the ducks will probably be better defensively next year. They've made some additions and oh, maybe a, a healthy Jamie Drysdale, maybe one of their, their rookies like Minchukov or Zellweger making the team will improve the defense, but it'll be, it would be very difficult to be as bad next year on defense as the ducks were last year. Like they were, like historically bad, like terrible defensive team. Um, 
So to have numbers that look just okay on a horrible team is impressive, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> it's just a, a strange year um, on the stat sheet for a really impressive player. But but I agree that Dostal has a lot of potential to play a lot better than those numbers show. Um, and I would bet my own money. I don't actually bet money on anything like this. But if I had to bet, I would bet that he is the full-time backup in Anaheim. Unless Gibson leaves and then he's a full-time starter right away. But that would be, that would be where I'd pick. Uh, Peter, what about you? Any thoughts on Lucas Dostal? Yeah. Even when I was doing like, you know, the farm rankings, um, I've always, I had Dostal as like a top five prospect be, uh, before, you know, they got the abundance of talent coming in. Um, I always thought of him because he looked like a goalie of the future. You know, he had the size, he had the athleticism, the movement and mobility. I, and as Matt said, his record is, or the numbers aren't in, in an indication of his record because he is performing well. He's just been on bad teams. And you see that where, you know, he the goalies have a losing record, but they have these outstanding numbers where they mitigate the um, goals against and their save percentage is high, which is fantastic. Or what you want to see that they're battling hard and Dossel has been doing that. And, you know, a lot of the Ducks top prospects are still in junior hockey right now. Now they're starting to make that jump. If Dossel is going to be in the AHL this year, you're going to have some of those top names come on over and help him out and alleviate some of that pressure where he's not facing the amount of shots and all this pressure against him every single game. Uh, but yeah, I think his upside is great. I do think that his future is based on whether or not they do move on from job John Gibson because Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of uncertainty there. You know, he's unhappy with the way the team's going. There's all these rumors about whether he's going to move or not. There's is, or there aren't any rumors where he's just like, no, I don't want to go, but there's still a lot of question marks about it, but it all depends on what's going to happen with, with Gibson. And even so, even if you do move on from Alex Alok, so if he finds that consistency, he will be a backup or a very consistent backup in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate a lot of that. I think, I think he's got a a real good chance to Mm -hmm. be important for a a bad team pretty soon though. Um, Okay. Last, last player in the back half of this list, and then we'll take a quick break uh, is Akira Schmid with the New Jersey Devils uh, up at six. Peter, I'll come to you first on this one, kind of a breakout player towards the end of last year, really fun to watch. So what do you think about Akira Schmid? Yeah, there's a lot of, question marks but then after he got on that hot hot start there was like all this hype surrounding him whether it's like okay you know the devils have been having some question marks in goaltending is he going to be the guy Mm -hmm. now um and and as we were talking about ahl numbers you know 11 7 and 4 in the ahl last season not an outstanding save percentage 905 it's good but you know what so pretty decent for you know a senior level and, you know, so him being young at 23 and then when he comes over, you know, he goes nine, five and two in the regular season. He goes off on a hot stretch in to end last season and into the postseason as well. Obviously, it kind of went cold for him and the Devils against the Carolina Hurricanes because they are the Carolina Hurricanes. But, yeah. you know, he did show promise. Um, he showed that what happened in the regular season wasn't a fluke. Um, again, playoffs was kind of a small sample. But he has that pressure of playing in big games and big moments under his belt right now. So coming into this regular season, it's going to be interesting to see how that goaltending battle is going to shape up because, um, you know, there's still going to be the fact that you saw Vitek Vanacek uh, 
still there? Mm-hmm. Do the Devils still have faith in him, or is Shamid going to overtake him and become the starter right then and there? So it, it definitely is going to be interesting to see. But man, you can't help but love the game and the story that Akira Schmid had for the Devils because this team is already deep up front. Goaltending was always going mm-hmm. to be the question mark, but now I think he may have like, you know, put some of those doubts to rest at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like the team showed a lot of growth in pretty much every way last year, the Devils, um, but goaltending was still somewhat questionable going forward. Benichek was good, but not, the most Great, consistent yeah. he wasn't amazing last year um i i'm not too shocked by Schmid having better numbers in the nhl than in the ahl just because that defensive group and some of the forwards mm-hmm. on the devils are, are so excellent um really great all-around team and really helped their goalies out a lot so i'm not not too surprised but yeah just loved watching him tear apart the the New York Rangers in the playoffs. I think he had two shutouts in that one series. He only allowed like two goals in all the games he played, something like that. Insane. And then, yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes happened. But anyway, that happens to most teams not named the Florida Panthers. Um, uh, Matt, what about you? What do you think about what about Schmid? Um, It may be a bit of recency bias at him being sixth on this list, but I do think he's got, you know, to play in the playoffs as a goaltender, as a rookie, and uh, not against a bad team. And the Rangers aren't bad. They're like, they were one of the best teams in the NHL last season. And, uh, and he dominated them. Like, he basically was the reason that they came back in that series and won it. Um, game seven, probably one of the most pressure packed situations anyone can go into, not just a goaltender, but mm. anyone. And he puts up a shutout. Like it, it's, it, it, that's something that's, that was impressive to me because like I say, goaltenders and are, you know, in regular time is, is hard to do because you're the last line of defense. If you, you know, if you allow a mm-hmm. goal, they're like, it's your fault. I mean, this like <laughs> It, the mental game for goaltenders is just is massive. And, um, you know, he played really well in the game that, like I say, the pressure's high and he he performed. Now, the Hurricanes, I mean, he didn't play very well in that. He he allowed so many goals. The team allowed so many goals. But overall, the team was dominated. So, I mean, you can't really pin that on the goaltender because even Vanacek didn't play very well when he did come into that series. So, I'm going to – I kind of – forget that like it's not it's not an indictment on okay he's not that good but uh you know clearly the devils don't think so because uh they think that that's you know wasn't a concern because they traded Mackenzie Blackwood who was probably going to be the backup this season and now Schmidt is Mm -hmm. basically that that path is free for him to take over although they do there is another some other rookies and goaltenders that played this past season as well so I mean he could have some competition but I think his performance in the playoffs really um, probably solidified his backup, but we'll see in training camp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a, a really interesting performance to end the year. And like you said, maybe recency bias is a bit of a part of my opinion on him too, but but I'm very excited to see what he can do. Um, okay, we're just going to take a quick break here, uh, but we'll be right back after a quick word from the Hockey Writers. 
Interested in writing for the Hockey Raiders? If you have experience writing about hockey, are passionate about the sport, and are looking to take your writing to the next level, the Hockey Raiders could be the place for you. Here at THW, you will have the opportunity to hone your craft at one of the world's largest and most respected hockey publishers. You will have control over what you write, be able to seek out media credentials, and be supported by a large network of writers and editors. Plus, you'll get paid for doing it. If you're interested and want to know more about team openings and requirements, please visit the Write for THW page on the Hockey Raiders website. A link to that page is also listed in in the description. All right, so we're going to jump back into the top 10 goaltending prospects in the NHL with the top five. These are, I mean, it's the halfway point in the list, but it also feels like a bit of a, a bit of a, a gap, a bit of a gap between the bottom five really great prospects, but the top five feel like they just have another whole level of potential. Maybe not current play, but potential. Um, so I'm excited to get started here. So we're, we'll get into number five. Peter, I'll start with you. Uh, with Sebastian Kosa, the Detroit Red Wings prospect. Yeah, uh, again, probably the biggest wild card on this list for the goaltenders because they had high hopes for him when they drafted him as high as they did, the Red Wings. And it came with like mixed results after he was drafted. Like his post-draft years, they came with highs, it came with lows, and you know, you see the benefits of him going to the ECHL, dominating there and working his way back up because it is tough for some goaltenders at times, even though he mm-hmm. did have the potential. Um, you know, I, I I do think that if he's able to find that consistency, it's going to work well for him because he does have the numbers to back it up uh, post, you know, where he ended off his WHL career. And then ever since then, it just became a little bit, you know, inconsistent when he turned pro. Um, consistency is going to be big for him. That's for sure. Because when you have games like he did against the Columbus Blue Jackets rookies, um, you know, no fault of his own. Adam Fantilli is really good. He scored a hat trick. <laughs> but, you know, when you have games like that, that's where the question marks start to creep in. You know, was not necessarily was it the right move, but how patient, how much more patient can we get? He's still young, mm-hmm. mind you. So it's not like, you know, they're going to write him off right away. There's still time, but he's got to make a big adjustment somehow because he does have the size, the athleticism and the ability to track the puck. Well, it's just that sometimes he can get a little bit over aggressive and that's what's his downfall at this point. Um I think that this year is going to be a big one for him for his development. But, you know, again, biggest wild card out of this whole entire group at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Kosa is a really weird case. Um, He's a very polarizing prospect, especially within uh, like Red Wings fan base. Um, But I I think that mainly stems from him having rough performances at all the most visible um games that he's played like at development camps at rookie tournaments the world juniors he was just okay um all these situations where there are a lot of eyes on him he hasn't excelled um having seen him play a fair portion of his of his ECHL play this last year which i know is a is a weird league to see a top goalie prospect even like have to go to um he was excellent in a lot of that especially towards the end of the season when he was really piecing it together um, he was the goalie of the month in March, I believe, with like a 1.5 goals against in like nine games. Like he he was excellent in that league, which is really tough on goalies because the defense is bad. Mm-hmm. But um, he's getting there. Like like I mentioned earlier, um, the gap from the CHL to the AHL is significant. And it's not that common 
nowadays we've talked about how Canadian goaltending is in a weird state, but um, it's not very common to see goalies come out of the CHL and go into the AHL. I think we've got one more guy on this list who did that um, successfully. Well, in very small sample, I guess also going, going pro out of the CHL, but um, it's not that common and it is tough. So I understand the nerves, but he's, he was drafted two years ago. Like, do you expect him to be an elite AHL starter? No, but when you look at Wallstead, Askarov, who were drafted similar times and are succeeding more in the better league, I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand the the complaints and the the worries, but I, patience is all all you can you can have for goalies. And he's got so much potential. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super athletic, really big goaltender. Um, pretty good positioning. I think the worst thing is his five hole is massive because he's so big, and he kind of struggles to close that fast enough. Um, he recovers back up really quickly, but just getting down to fully close that is really tough for him at at times. And like you said, Peter. He, he can get out of position. He can overcommit, especially on Deeks. I find he can he can really just dive himself into no man's land and mm-hmm. and just ruin any chance he has at making a save. But um, there's still so much potential. It's it's going to be interesting to see how how he develops the last couple of years. Probably going to be um, a backup in the AHL this year. Hopefully, he can kind of figure it out a bit and become a tandem guy. But mm, only time will tell. Um, Matt, you have any, any thoughts on Kosa here? Yeah, you guys said pretty much what I'm going to say. Like, he's he's very polarizing. He's very difficult to place. Uh, he's always he's been difficult to place since he was drafted. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, where do I put him? I know his potential is high, but his floor is also I don't know what his floor is, and that's what you're kind of his ceiling is that of an elite starter, definitely, because he has all the attributes like you guys mentioned already. But that low is like AHL, and and that's maybe even not that and that's what's what's scary because he could potentially just be a really good echl goalie and that's not what you want um we've mentioned quite a few times of how what the progression of of guys goaltenders going from the echl to being an nhl goaltender there's not many that have done it um so mm-hmm. hopefully that he can change that narrative and actually be uh nhl goaltender later on because he definitely has the potential to do it yeah, absolutely. Weird situation. Um, but it's I just think it's helpful to remember that he it's not like he's in year four of development. No. This is is <laughs> that was his draft plus two year, and he was in a good pro league, not an elite pro league, and he was excellent. So that's not a negative. I don't think that should be seen as a negative. I think it should be seen as maybe a lower like positive than other players, but I think it's still in the right direction. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll keep moving here, get to number four, someone I just mentioned actually, and Matt, I'll, I'll start you off here. Yaroslav Iskarov with the Nashville Predators. It's been a wild prospect to watch, but, but what do you think here? Yeah, he, he's been, uh, I mean, he keeps thinking like this guy's been around forever, but 2020, he was drafted in 2020, which is not that long ago. Uh, it was, uh, but high, high pick 11th overall. Um, has mm-hmm. made the progress, made the journey from the KHL to AHL very successfully. Um, you know, he's their starter in Milwaukee, so I, you know, he's definitely on that path of being going from the AHL to the NHL very soon. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. you see Saros is still the main guy in Nashville, he'd probably be for a while still. 
but Askarov can actually push that this season to potentially, I don't know how, how close he is to being a, you know, he could be the backup in the NHL at some point, but uh, I think again, just like I've said with a lot of these goaltenders, probably better off to stay in the AHL right now because he's playing a ton of games. Um, mm. So, I mean, and he hasn't really, he, this is, it was his first season this past season uh, in the AHL. It looked really good. 2.69, Goals yeah. against average, 9-11 save percentage, which is solid. Um, played 48 games there, too. So I think he should have another season like that. Play a lot and uh, see how it goes. Because they have Soros. I mean, he'll he'll play. Yeah. I mean, he, he, they don't you need him, him to start. And I hate that they've taught that there's been rumors that they're going to trade Askarov. And I think that would be the wrong choice unless you're getting something really substantial in return because he's their mm-hmm. goaltender of the future. Um We'll see when, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Peter, here before putting any any other stuff in here. But what do, what do you think about Askarov? Fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's basically that's basically it. He's a lot of fun. I mean, we talk about like goalies being very aggressive, uh, but and getting out of position. But it seems like he's very aggressive, but he knows how to maintain that aggressive nature. Uh, where he doesn't overcommit, and when he does, he's able to recover and come back and recover in a great way. Um, I, I again, even as like you know, one of the highly touted goalie prospects when he was 16, 17 years old, he can make the most difficult saves look easy, and you see that over time. And again, uh, a, a lot of people talked about you know his record and everything like that. He was great at the Russia level, but maybe not so much at the world juniors because you know there uh, there was that little bit of a conundrum kind of thing with his play how mm-hmm. he would play well in league but internationally maybe maybe not so much well we're seeing the benefits pay off of seeing great league play right now be it at the ahl level um or even i mean that one nhl game was a rough start but mm-hmm. you know what experience you know you got to get your feet wet at some point i do think that the ceiling is still very high for him um you know, you, you talk about size six four. I think he can he can maybe just bulk up a little bit. But then again, you know, he he's still fantastic. He's got great movement, the lateral side of sides. He can track the puck very well through traffic. That's what that's his main key right there. And again, there are times where maybe he seems like he's out of position, and then all of a sudden he could just come up with like a paddle save, stretch out with his you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not mobility, but you know. His his movement is just very very. Uh, again, kind of losing my train of thought right now. But his movement is very <laughs> consistent. Yeah. Um, his his dexterous is that dexterity. That the dexterity. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Wow. I it's, got it, you. It, it, it's been a long one. Thanks, Roland. Uh, but yeah, no, he's no very, he's very very good. He's very confident in the crease, and that I think is they knew something was coming or they knew the Pecorina era was coming to an end. They now have something going forward with Askarov. Absolutely. I also want to mention for one, uh, his celebration in the AHL, was it in a shootout? I think when he won the shootout and he brought the net down on top of him laying down and he bench pressed it. Oh, I love that it. was incredible. <laughs> that was fun. That was, wonderful. that was fun. Um, also I want to say he, uh, well, I guess another thing I'll add another one. He's, uh, a right hand catcher so he looks weird in the net mm-hmm. which is just fun it's just always fun to have those guys because there's very few of them that make the nhl 
Um, in his first two post-draft seasons in Russia, split between a bunch of leagues, he played, if I counted right, he played 52 total games in two seasons. And then last year, between regular season and playoffs and one NHL game, he played 61. So he played more in the last year than the two years before that. So I think there's just more to come from him uh, as he continues to get better. Uh, but the, the one last thing I want to say about Askarov, uh, I was I read this uh, interview a while back from Ian Clark, who is the the goalie coach for the Canucks, um, and he talked about he he's kind of being facetious, but he said like when you bring a goalie in, we can teach them technique in a weekend. Like we don't worry if we find a goalie who has technique. Um, you need to find someone who knows when to break out of that technique, knows when to give up on technique, and what to do to make the save when when technique fails um and Askarov feels like that you guys mentioned like the, the kind of chaos factor um <laughs> he's got that like he knows when to give up on technique and just throw his body in the right way to make saves super fun to watch um i i can't wait to see him in the nhl even though i'm kind of terrified of a uc saros yaroslav Askarov goalie tandem that doesn't sound very fun for fans of any team except the predators but it'd be very fun for Predators fans. <laughs> um, okay, now we're on to the big three. And Matt, I'll start you off here with, I mean, <laughs> this this three is kind of, it's really arguable. Like, it's really interchangeable. These are excellent, excellent prospects. Uh, but you've got Jesper Wallstedt third with the Minnesota Wild. Oh, Wallstedt used to be number one on this list not that long ago. But uh, mm-hmm. the guys ahead of him have uh, shown a bit more since. Uh, and maybe a little further along in their development. Um, whoever's opinion that is, uh, you know, mine is <laughs> they are ahead. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, everyone was hope- thinking that he was going to be drafted the first goaltender out of that draft, but Kosa did. And that's going to be something we're going to be, they're going to be following uh, forever, especially when they're in the NHL. Okay. How is Wallstead doing with the wild? How is Kosa doing with the Red Wings? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, he is an exceptional prospect and, um, you know, I thought he was going to be the starter sooner rather than later, but now that Gustafson's kind of emerged as an NHL starter, that may be a little further down the road, which is probably good for his development. Yeah. Um, he won't be in the NHL this season as a backup because Mark andre Fleury's still there. Um, but he's got so much potential to be at that elite starter in the NHL because, you know, with his athleticism, with his size, with his, um, you know, everything that you want a goaltender to have, he probably has it. And, uh, and that's one thing that I'm excited to see in the NHL. I was hoping it was going to be sooner, but uh, we may not even see his debut this season unless injuries happen to either goaltender up there, because I don't think they're going to be rushing to get him up there because Mm -hmm. again, development for goaltenders, they need to play a lot and he will definitely be playing a lot in the AHL because he had a really good season in the AHL this, um, this past season and uh, AHL all-star again, the numbers. I mean, when you look at these numbers, it's like 2.68. Is that really good? I think it's okay. I think it's pretty good. Um, 908 save percentage, anything over 900, I think is good. Um, But man, I'm excited to see him in the NHL because see, we've already talked quite a bit about him in his draft year uh, and up till now. And uh, definitely on path of being an NHL starter run one day. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're all big Wallstead fans, but Peter, I'm curious, what are your what are your thoughts on him now? I mean, obviously, like Matt said, they're like whether you like it or not, Costa and Wallstead are always going to be compared to each other for their entire careers. 
Um, and Wallstead definitely has the leg up at the moment, but I don't know. What what are your thoughts on Wallstead? I mean, I think it, it would be a unanimous decision, unanimous decision that we would all have Wallstead over Kosa at this point. But uh, I, I mean, I had him as my top goaltender as well. Um, but yeah, you know, coming in and having that kind of a season in your rookie or at your pro level debut is actually very impressive. You know, yeah, Matt's, to Matt's point, 2.68, 908. Is that really good? Uh, for, you know, uh, <laughs> for a guy that's 20 years old, you know, that spent most of his time overseas, still in like legitimate, very competitive pro leagues. Yeah, that is still very yeah. damn good, in my opinion. <laughs> um, even uh, even the fact that you know, even Latvia knocked out uh, Sweden. You know, he was three zero and zero, nine forty seven save percentage, and 0.67 goals against average at that tournament. I mean, <laughs> like, come on, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, I still think he's. I mean, I would probably, if I'm nitpicking, maybe have him over Levi at this point because you have more of a sample with said than you do with Levi pro-wise. I don't know. But then again, that's all a toss-up. But then again, <laughs> th- like, like this top three is very, very deep. Um, Wallstead is just very, very cool, calm, composed. You know, he, he nothing seems to phase him. I mean, he, this guy has like, you know, see-through vision. If there's like traffic <laughs> in front of him, he's definitely locating that puck no matter what. Um, yeah, I, I, good on the Minnesota Wild for finding a starter at number 20 because we all had him either inside or just outside the top 10 in 2021 and yeah he's definitely got a lot of potential a lot of upside and i think this is just the beginning for him yeah absolutely we're we're all big fans here i i I agree with you guys he's just got such good hockey iq he tracks the play so well really great staying in position. If I have any gripes in his game specifically, I'd say like his explosiveness, like his lateral movement isn't amazing. Uh, His positioning is really great though. So he kind of mitigates that. Um, But that just comes with some time and some physical training while being with pro teams in North America. Um, I think that'll come along. Um, I'm not saying he is on this level or ever will be, but just just the the calmness to his game, the poise, um, sometimes reminds me of Henrik Lundqvist. I see a little bit of that in him. Again, not saying he's going to be <laughs> one of the greatest goaltenders in NHL history. Just saying, stylistically, he reminds me of Lundqvist a bit. Um, and I'm sure Wild fans would be thrilled if he's like seventy <laughs> percent of the way there, um, which I, I feel like he could get for sure. Um, all right. Uh, next we'll get to, uh, second overall, the best, second best goalie prospect. Um, Peter, I'll come to you first on this one. Again, someone you just mentioned, actually, Devin Levi. What do you, what do you think of Levi here? Yeah, again, toss up between the two. It doesn't really matter at this point because Devin Levi is still, again, really damn good. I mean, (laughs) you know, impressive results at the collegiate level, you know, 952 save percentage in 21, 22, 933 last season, um again 17 and 12 record better than some of the records we've seen on here but you know what considering everyone's going to be like oh was he so good why is it only that much of a gap well you know what tough um <laughs> you know and even when he made his nhl debut five five and two 905 save percentage 2.94 for him to come into that kind of an environment with the sabers you know kind of still teetering in that playoff hunt um 
you know, giving his team a fighting chance every single game. I think that's a good step for him because of what he was able to accomplish and just how consistent he is at being a dominating threat in net. Um, you know, we we talk about players that see the puck and the play very well. He definitely does that on a consistent basis. Um, you know, for going from, you know, the Junior A Challenge to the World Juniors to the college, everything he does, he excels at. And you know what? The, I, I can't believe the Buffalo Sabres were able to grab him when they did uh, from the Florida Panthers, because this has been a really, really great pickup. And it's been one that's benefiting them for the last two, three years, because he's just gotten better and better every time. Yeah, absolutely. He's been on such a, such a fun rise to watch from the level of junior hockey he was playing to playing for team Canada and then just destroying college hockey. Um, every game he played there, basically, um, He's been just remarkable. Um, and like you said, Peter, the situation in Buffalo was strange for him to come into and is going to continue to be strange because mm-hmm. last year it kind of felt like if they had league average goaltending, the playoffs were at least like very close. In sight, like yeah. They would be yeah. very close to it. Um, and Levi kind of gave that to them in a very small sample size, as you mentioned. Um, so if, which would be... a I think unlikely, but if he's asked to be a starting goalie in Buffalo and he can provide 908 goaltending for his rookie season, that would be phenomenal. Um, and they score a lot of goals. That offense is no joke in Buffalo and the defense is only getting better too uh, with Owen Power continuing to develop as well and Dalene turning into a superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, so league average goaltending or even just – what he did in the small sample size last year over a full season um, is probably enough. Um, I think he's got more in the tank uh, if they give him some time and some, some ice time, but uh, super fun player to watch. Um, good luck trying to deke him out because he just does he, his feet move so quick when you're trying to, to move him side to side that you get nowhere. He's always in front of you. He's blocking the net completely. Like, Sorry, you're not going to score. Um, but Matt, what are your thoughts on Levi here? Second goaltender on your list. He's, he's number two. What what got him there for you? Oh, his progression has just been amazing from, uh, you know, like you said, from Team Canada to the NCAA to um, the NHL now. Uh, it doesn't happen very often where a guy can jump from college right to the NHL and look like a NHL goaltender. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like he struggled. I mean, yes, his numbers weren't, weren't great 2.94 905 but that's pretty good uh for a guy that just went into the nhl and ended with a five and two record and you know played against some pretty good teams his first win came against the new york rangers uh in overtime so i mean it's not like he got into a game that's like oh yeah this is a bad team we can you know we'll demolish them it's easy uh he he played really well so i mean and that that's a guy that you know, undersized, and this is probably, he's probably, I believe he's the most undersized goaltender on this list uh, at six feet. But like you said, Logan, he's, he's so quick. I mean, and to, when you're small, you have to be quick. And, uh, and that's what, you know, UC Soros really athletic and, and quick side to side. Levi's the same. Um, I don't know how many highlight reel saves he made in the NCAA this past, not just that past season, but the season before that. Um, he's just amazing. I, I love Levi. I still can't believe that the Sabres got him in that trade and that he's uh, now 
going from he's not, I wasn't even a high pick in the in the draft. He was towards the end of the end of the pecking or like what sixth seventh round, um, two hundred and twelfth overall. So I mean, to be the second best yeah. goaltending prospect now, pretty great. And the Sabers got a good one in Levi, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He kind of felt like like a little like a little sprinkle, a little toss and a little seasoning in that trade. Yeah. Like it was a first round pick, I think, and and some other some other pieces. And maybe Levi like I know Levi was thought of more highly at the time of the trade, mm-hmm. the Sam Reinhardt trade, than he was when he was drafted. But still it was kind of like, ah, oh, he's just a random goalie prospect. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll toss him in for free. Um and uh yeah. That's that's gone pretty well for the Sabres. That's aged pretty well. Um, although honestly, I, I doubt the Panthers are too upset because Sam Reinhardt has been pretty good and was a big part of their their playoff run as well. Uh, so now we are on number one. And if you've been paying attention to the world of goalies at all over the last like three years, maybe you've heard this name, uh, Dustin Wolf with the Calgary Flames. Uh, actually, I don't know that he's played a single game for the flames which is absurd and we'll get into that um but it's not going to be long and he's going to be a big difference maker uh peter i'll come to you first here dustin wolf tops this list i don't know where he would have landed for you personally i think he probably would have landed in the same spot for me uh but what do you think of wolf here he's the the two-time reigning ahl goalie of the year and before that two-time reigning whl goalie of the year so clearly some people like him. I don't know if you like him or not. But... Oh, I definitely like Dustin Wolf. Yeah, there's <laughs> oh, okay. no, no doubt about that. I mean, uh, it, what you see right now is just absolutely insane. His Over four years of the WHL, 106, 106 wins, 34 losses, six overtime losses, 1.84 goals against average, 0.935 save percentage. AHL, 2.24 GAA. 927 save percentage, 77, oh. 20, and 7. I mean, that's just <laughs> redonkulous right there. Like, that's not <laughs> like, those are like, you know, NHL rookie or like easy mode be, be a pro numbers kind of thing. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's uncanny at this point. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he has one game under his belt, uh, surprisingly, a win. Oh, right. That, a win yeah. already 958 save no percentage way. in that game but you know it, mm-hmm. it, it's just amazing what he's able to do over these past four seasons you know he's just gotten better and better and more dominant and even so with uh team usa at the world junior championships um you know even though he got into one game each time he looked impressive he looked very strong and every single time you see him play, so it's, it's just like, man, like, what do the Calgary Flames have at this point? And, you know, obviously, Jacob Markstrom is still the top goaltender right now, but don't be surprised if Dustin Wolf kicks him out at some point and the, he takes over the net because he definitely has it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's just a, it's a bit of a weird situation with the Flames goaltenders, but. I mean, it's hard to keep Wolf out at this point. Like Matt, what are your thoughts on on Dustin Wolf in Calgary? Oh, this guy. I mean, he's again like Levi is just emerged as a, a top NHL prospect and uh, has stayed on this first overall list uh, for the past two times I've updated it. And I thought Levi maybe no Wolf is still there. Uh, he yes, he hasn't played in the NHL very much. He only like you said that one game. 
but looked really good in it. Yes, it was against the San Jose mm-hmm. Sharks, not the best team, but uh, Fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, still played and still played well. I only played only a lot one goal, but uh, you know, we'll see how many games he plays this season. Dan Valadar is still blocking his way. Um, there's talk that he could be traded um, soon, which would of course free up that spot for Wolves to take over. Um, but again, and, and and this is another guy that I don't think he needs to play in the AHL anymore. He just dominates and he needs to have have the NHL now. I, I think he does, has done all he can in the lower leagues. He needs to have, he needs to be an NHL goaltender. That's just the, that's just the bottom line. Um, he yeah. definitely has, has the potential to be a top guy. And I said about Levi being that most underside. Well, Wolf is the same size. So you've got two guys that could potentially be UC Soros type goaltenders uh, in the very near future. And that's, that's amazing. I, I guess if you guys watch this show, I love undersized players, uh, you know, having success. So uh, I'm excited to see Wolf, even though he plays for the Calgary Flames. <laughs> yeah. Even though he plays for your, your arch rivals. Yeah. I mean, Dustin Wolf has been just a great story, like drafted in the seventh round, right? Yeah. Seventh yeah. round in 2019. Um, and then just, it up in the WHL um, made that transition that I've talked about how difficult it is to go from the CHL to the AHL. He played a full slate as much as he could in the WHL, but then he made that jump look easy because mm-hmm. he, he went from having a, a 940 save percentage in the WHL in his final season to a 924 in his first full AHL season, which is absurd because that's going from like elite junior player to borderline elite AHL player immediately. And then he just built on that again, 932 save percentage after last season. He was named the MVP of the entire AHL. It was a huge reason for this. The, the, they had almost said Stockton Heat. They're not that anymore. The, uh, what they called Calgary Wranglers in the AHL. He was a huge reason for their success. Just, I mean, I would agree that he was the best player in the AHL all year last year. Um, I would argue that he is clearly above Dan Vladar in Calgary and net um, bordering on Jacob Markstrom level Markstrom. I don't know if you guys have noticed this over the last like four or five seasons, he's gone from being like elite to average or below and then elite and then average or below. <laughs> he just goes back and forth back to when he was with the Canucks. Um, and last year was rough. So I'm expecting a bounce back this year. Um, also, you know, the players won't hate their coach this year in Calgary, it looks like, um, which is a positive, um, but also getting someone who has experience with uh, the AHL team and stuff as their new head coach um, is a is a positive for the players in the AHL because they kind of know that they're going to be trusted a little more probably when they get call-ups. Um, and I think the moment they give him a game in the NHL, they just won't be able to send him down again. So whenever they call him up, don't expect him to play <laughs> in the AHL ever again. Um, just looks phenomenal. And uh, I expect he'll do that in the NHL someday. Okay, so that is the end of the top 10 list. Thank you, Matt, for for letting us uh, go through your list here. Um, lots of great goalies. I, I love it. Um, oh, I was going to throw this one out before we go to Prospect of the Week and wrap up here. But Matt, are there any any honorable mentions you want to throw out? Some guys that maybe just missed the list? Well, a guy that did appear on it uh, this past 
before I did the update was Dylan Garand. And uh, I had a hard time leaving him off of it. He probably falls at 11 um, for me. And uh, I I love this guy. Again, the guy that's emerged as a, as a strong goaltending prospect playing uh, property of the New York Rangers. Um, but again, this guy's going to have a big wall to Igor's <laughs> just Sturkin. I mean, he's another Henrik Lundqvist. He'll be there for a dec- decade or more. Um, may not get the chance to be a starter in the NHL, so he may have to be traded to get that chance. But uh, yeah, he he just was off my list, so he's an honorable mention for sure for me. That's a good one. Dylan Garand is uh, my hero. He's a fellow uh, Vancouver Island boy. He's from Victoria, I believe. So I'll always support my my <laughs> Vancouver Islanders. Uh, Peter, anyone anyone you'd want to just throw out as an honorable mention on this list? Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Grand. Uh, since the 2020 draft, ever since I started watching him, I did a mock draft and I took him as a goalie for the Maple Leafs when they had all those picks. And again, mm-hmm. it was only a mock draft, but I was really impressed with the mo- the lateral movements, the way that he was able to track the puck, the way that he was able to see clearly and you know not give up a whole lot of rebounds too. His rebound control was really great. Um, yeah, I've been a big fan of his ever since then, and yeah. He's in a tough spot to climb because I think he's got starter potential and the New York Rangers are going to have a tough time because you can't move on from Shesterkin. So, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just mention as an honorable mention, it would be a homer here, Trey Augustine, uh, Red Wings prospect from the 2023 draft. Um, I know you guys were big fans of his throughout the draft year. I was too, but I was still a little higher on some other guys. But I, I like Augustine a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he feels like the anti-Sebastian Cosa, which is just kind of a fun <laughs> balance to have in the prospect pool. He's five inches shorter. He's not as athletic or like angry and competitive, um, but he sees plays a little better, I think, and has a little bit better positioning and consistency. So very different style, but I think uh, a player worth watching is he moves on into college. We'll see how that goes. Um, All right. We're going to wrap up the show now as we do every week with our prospects of the week. And Matt, I'll come to you first here. Who do you want to highlight this week? I'm staying with Canucks prospects for this one. Uh, Aiden McDonough, uh, you know, the Young Stars tournament just started and it one game, uh, but he scored in it and looked and the shot looked NHL caliber, which we saw in the NHL. He did score his first NHL goal this past season. But uh, yeah, just looked like an NHL caliber uh, finish. So, I mean, yes, it was against a goaltender that's not an NHL goaltender. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I love seeing McDonough play and I'm glad that he already has a goal and uh, probably won't play in the NHL this season, unfortunately, because there's so much log jam at forward right now. Uh, He probably won't get a chance unless there's injuries and stuff like that. But he will play in the AHL and probably in the top six, top power play. And watch for that shot to be showcased quite a bit in the pro- in my prospect mm-hmm. reports because I'm going to be tracking him all season because I love him as a prospect. So uh, McDonough is my prospect of the week. And I'll just throw another honorable mention to LeCare Mackey, who we mentioned quite a bit. A bit. He scored again uh, on the power play in the SHL and has got back-to-back games with goals on pace for a crazy amount. But, you know, <laughs> 50 on pace now is great. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like... He's back, and uh, that shot is just amazing. And the two goals he scored on the power play just look like um, I love it, and I love seeing it again. And uh, I'm excited to watch the Carmacki all season. Maybe he'll score every game, but that's probably not going to happen. Probably not, but it could happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've talked about him lots too, but I'm, I'm always happy to see him. It's been a, a fun story for him to kind of dig his way out of the tough year he had. And uh, if he can keep this up remotely at this level, then it's going to be a good year, exciting year. Um, my prospect of the week is Anton Siliev, who is a prospect for the 2024 NHL draft out of Russia, who kind of just came out of nowhere at the start of the KHL season. Um, he's a, a big defender, six foot seven. He's still 17 years old for a couple months. Um, unremarkable in MHL play last year in the top junior league in Russia, points wise. Um, I didn't even come across him more than once or twice when when watching guys like Michkov last year and watching um, Bachelnikov in a couple games he played there, Red Wings prospect. Um, but he skates really well um, and he's massive. And in his first four KHL games uh, at the start of this regular season, he has he had four points. I think he's played another game or two since. I don't know if he scored any there, um, which already sets the record for the most U18 points by or most points by a U18 defender in KHL history, more than uh, guys like Mikhail Guliaev had or Dmitry Orlov at that age. Um, super, super, super small sample size, like five games total, I think. But if he can keep this up remotely, then he's a no doubt top 10, maybe top five pick in my eyes. If he cools down a bit, then, you know, middle of the first round seems reasonable for someone who skates that well and has that massive frame. Uh, but if he falls off and goes down to junior and is just all right, then we might not be talking about him too much for the rest of the year. Who knows? But it's just such an exciting start. I just wanted to uh, give him a shout out because I'm going to be watching him closely for the next bit here. Uh, Peter, I'll let you round us out with your prospect of the week. Who do you got this week? Yeah, staying with the 2024 draft, I'm going with Michael Branseg Nygaard. Uh, one of your favorite uh, prospects too, Logan. Um, would it, would it be doing our due diligence early on with the draft season, noting that in two games, he has four goals and seven points. Um, <laughs> again, you know, very small sample, but in two games, that's just absolutely ridiculous to just be under two points per game. Um, already tearing up, you know, the U20 level in uh, Sweden. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a call up uh, maybe to the hockey house fence skin. Um, you know, he is part of that Mora system. Uh, it, it's possible he could see time at the senior level if he does well and gets the ice time. Who knows what can happen? But at 17 years old, what he's able to do right now, heavy shot, sees the ice very well, gets it open lanes, you know, quick wrist shot, heavy one-timer slash slap shot slash snapshot, whatever you want to you combine all three of those together. He's got the goal scoring abilities after mm-hmm. he was over a point per game in the J in, in the J 20 national national uh, or national uh, league last year for Sweden as well. So definitely a top 15 prospect in my eyes at this point. Um, but yeah, he's already off to a torrid start. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I'm I'm a big fan of his. I love my uh, my Nordic uh, prospects who, honestly, just any European prospect from like a non-traditional um, NHL country. Mm-hmm. It's really easy for me to root for. But um, yeah, he looks like he's probably too good for that league. <laughs> I mean, he was great in that league last year and was good in the in the Elsvenskin. But I mean, seven points in two games. Small sample, but I think it's pretty representative <laughs> of, of how he would treat that league over a full season. Um, so I, I hope he gets some some time in the pros pretty soon. Um, 
All right. Well, that is going to be it for us this week. Oh boy, what happened there? That will be it for this week though. Um, Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Prospect Corner. Make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Writers YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our new episodes. And also make sure you check out our site, thehockeywriters.com for tons of prospect and draft content um, just as the year starts off here. The 2024 draft season is about to officially begin, even though lots of prospects have actually started already, as we've mentioned a few. Uh, But thank you, Peter and Matt, as always. And thank you all for joining us on this week's episode of Prospect Corner. We'll see you next time.